Thank you, Ian, for that uh, warm intro. That that was uh, very thoughtful and kind. I appreciate it. I am happy to uh, happy to be on the other side, on the champion side of this pod. On the champion side, yes, uh, I'm sure that feels great. Uh, I know this is quite the dynamic duo podcasting <laughs> here. Um, combined wins for our team eight this year. Um, so, I mean, we average four piece, so it's not bad. It's not bad. No, so, not at all. Um, you know, there's there's things to be improved on on both parties, but certainly, um, definitely the uh, the polar opposites of the league right now. Um, I'm really looking forward to that photo shoot. But either way, I think um, the league talk will save for a little later. Hopefully, we can get into that whiskey a little bit. Uh, yeah, we can uh, let some let some stuff flow. But I just want to set the the precedent here of kind of um, we'll hit some NFL talk. But before we do, I wanted to just kind of address. Your position in the league, I think it's really interesting because the last time we had a conversation, before the tape started rolling, you were a very favored member of the league. Everyone kind of liked you, and right after that podcast, everyone was just kind of like, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, I don't know how much you remember of your statements. I'm sure you went back and listened to it a few times. Uh, just your, your powerful presence and position that you took. Uh, do you care to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that there were a few factors at play that night. I think uh, I was particularly sauce, not sauce, but just I was in, I felt powerful with my team, and you served up some questions, Ian, that I think just played right into, uh, right into, like, what you wanted. Like, I feel like you just had the questions that kind of unlocked it, and uh, I... And so you got me fired up, and, and uh, yeah, I came out swinging with both barrels uh, that pod. So, so right after that, everyone in the group me said, whatever we do, Alec Romali is not winning a championship. <laughs> I mean, within a span of an hour conversation, you went from people didn't care if you won to this kid, little man better not win. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty stark contrast. I feel like Alex Gertz really led the train on uh on that one and then people followed suit accordingly and it and i can't remember ian did was that after our trade or before i think it was before i do too i need to get the word out there that trade is definitely hot and heavy but at the end of the day i actually went and looked back and that trade really didn't affect the outcome right i agree the playoffs so for all you people out there i was trying to get a win so fuck all you um didn't work but Either way, I, I, I think that your position there just kind of changed so dramatically. And, you know, the one thing that kind of hit me was, is, is the powerful position in the league office get your head a little bit? Is that? I mean. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the year you get appointed as the, the left hand of the commissioner that 
all of a sudden you're now claiming all these <laughs> these claims. I mean, do you care to add some light to the there? Uh, you know, Ian, if we, uh, if we were to get on, like, that's that's some good psychoanalysis. I can't really say either way if that's, like, what contributed to it. it from my vantage point, I would say the biggest one is... I, and I still stand by this statement, even now, like, pretty sober. I still think that's the best team in the history of fantasy ever conceived. Alex uh, will weigh in here soon. I still think top to bottom that team was uh, very, very strong. And so I feel like, honestly, it was more of my supreme confidence in my team that really that combined with... Uh, just kind of like, I was a little sauced up, and I was also really excited, too. I really wanted to be on the other side of the pod. And so you combine... Hey, you can say whatever you want when you win the ship. And then when I was... You combine, like, my I was confident in my team with... I was down in Mezcal, and you were serving up some saucy statistics, and it, it just it, it unleashed a monster, Ian. Uh, so well done to you. Well done to you. you. You got some good investigative probing questions in you. Yeah, I can't wait, because uh, the other thing we talked about, we can kind of talk the league, is that I will probably be hosting some of the podcasts this year. Yep. Um, just kind of um, wiggling my way in a little bit, and I'm, uh, <laughs> we'll see for which guests come on, but just be ready for the softball questions, because at the end of the day, everyone's position might be Alex one, at one point where you start getting going a little bit. Uh, but that's what we like. So really, we'll hit some of the league talk later, but NFL, what do you think, man? I mean, it's... Uh, training camp started. Yep. Ever, I mean, finally things are starting to get real. I feel like midsummer hits and you just forget about fantasy just a little bit, and then you start hearing rumblings of all the fantasy podcasts picking up to two or three, yep. even some going five a week. Um, there's so many fantasy podcasts out there now. You can pick your poison on those, um, and a lot of kind of interesting topics. And the first one, really, that's on the top of fantasy owners' mind, I mean, Melvin Gordon was going, I think, between six and nine. Yep. Six and eight. So, where do you, where do you stand on this? I mean, his holdout, it's it's now kind of talked about that he will miss games. Yeah, I think at this point, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I I think it's hard to have this discussion with, uh, without talking about Austin Eckler. And at this point, though, like, I, I'm not even saying this to, like, throw smoke screens. Unless news drastically changes, I don't think Melvin Gordon's worth a first two round selection at this point. Uh, but if you can get value for him and handcuff with Eckler with yeah. the charge, I mean, it's it's fantasy. It's obvious in fantasy. You draft players on good teams, and the Chargers are still a good team. And if agreed, they, if you can get Melvin Gordon late pick, maybe late second, early third, and then handcuff Eckler. You've, I mean, you've got a solid RB1 throughout the entire year. That's very true. But I think what will be interesting is how high will Eckler climb now? You know? Like, is he, is he worth... Is he going to sneak into, like, the top four? Is he looking at, like... A, you know, I, I could see one of these situations where both of them are gone before the fourth or fifth round, you know? And the, my gut is actually telling me People are going to think this is a James Conner situation. I think that's very wrong. I think that oh. he's going to start to get overvalued because Pittsburgh always premieres a workhorse back. True. Tomlin loves to have a workhorse back. And in San Diego, I mean, whatever, LA, 
I'm still calling him San Diego. Uh, it's just, I, I don't think that's the case for this offense. I think they have a lot more weapons. I think Philip Rivers kind of is a little bit different than Big Ben in the way that he works in the offense. And I don't think that Eckler would get as much work as James Conner. And I don't think that he would be put in as good of a situation, especially on the PBR perspective. Yeah. Eckler would. I mean, I might eat my words, but I, I don't think that. I mean, somebody who drafted, not really in our league, but. Um, I think Connor was picked up kind of earlier than most leagues, but some no, drafted in some leagues. Bill got him. Well, I don't know what's earlier. I mean, Bill got him in a double digit round, though. Eleven strikes me out for some reason, but yeah. So it's like I don't know. I know in my brother's league, but they draft in like June, so James Connor was picked up off the waiver. But uh, yeah, I well, what I think is interesting though is that how much will the Le'Veon Bell thing. I still think like it was unprecedented for a running back to sit out a year. And now that that's so fresh in people's minds, I think it'll be very interesting to see how that impacts Melvin Gordon, you know? Uh, Cause I think, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was the first overall pick and we drafted pretty late. Cause I think most people were like, there's no way he actually sits out. And then he did, you know? So I feel like the precedent's been set and how that impacts Melvin Gordon will just be fascinating to watch. Yeah, and I actually, I didn't even read the article. I just saw the headline on ESPN um, that Lev Bell basically said he wanted to tell fantasy owners he's, it's a good chance he's sitting out the whole season because, you know, the reports from inside the league were saying max four games, then it was max eight games. And yep. In his head, he basically said no the whole time, like I was holding out. So it, I don't trust any of these inside sources on these situations, and it's it's one of those where, like you said, it's going to be a value pick and it's risk versus reward there. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, I mean, what I've read is that the Chargers are not budging off 10 mil a year. Uh, that's kind of what they're at. And, I mean, Melvin is thinking like a Todd Gurley-sized contract, which is just not, like, I think that's, like, what's fucked everyone up is... But you see what happens. I agree. I mean, that's, like, and that's exactly why, like, it, it's really... Everything so far, and that's why I love Bell this year is so big to see what happens because if he doesn't have a great year and Todd God's, his extension hasn't even hit yet. He still has three years after, like, he's still on his rookie contract at this point. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you're literally like, NFL teams look around, it's like, Jesus, dude, we could play fucking Mildon Gordon and next year he could have an art, like, he can't even play in the Super Bowl. It's like, I can see why the Chargers are not willing to do that sort of thing, you know? And it's, I don't want to get too much into the overall strategy of a team, but, I mean, for the for that price, that cap hit compared to someone like Eckler, I mean, is that value at that much bigger? Because in our minds, we just think fantasy value, and they can produce that, right? But if you get a, a dual-back system going and you use that extra $7 million somewhere else on your defense, I mean, it, it could be argued either way, especially because Melvin Gordon's already shown these injury friends, so... I think we've said enough there, but it's it's a really sketchy situation nonetheless. And Completely some agree. owners either going to bust or hit big on Melvin Gordon because I, I don't think it's going to be in the middle. I don't think this Melvin Gordon situation is going to, at the end of the year, be, oh, it went all right. I think it's either going to go, damn, you got value, or you wasted a second or third round pick. Completely agreed. I think, I think the other one to talk about briefly here is Zeke. Uh, he's been going yeah. around as a top four pick. ADP has him three or four in every draft. He hasn't reported to camp, and he has to report by August 6th. 
Yeah, and I mean, that doesn't even get into the comment that Jerry Jones said about a premier team not needing an elite running back. I mean, that's another really scary situation that I, equally, I, 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 yeah, I mean, because they have that Dak Prescott sitting in the air. They got Amari Cooper, and then they have that defender uh, on the other side of the ball, who I can't remember his name, but like they have a shitload of contracts coming, so they're right in the mix too, you know? And they, they signed Dak Prescott, though. They got his contract done, didn't they? Didn't they uh, d- d- yeah, so maybe they did. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I, I, uh, yeah, you're right. They did. I just looked. Yep. Uh, but no, either way, it's just it's one of those where... So so he has two years left on his deal, so it's different than Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon um, is one year out. So if... If Zeke doesn't report five to six, he doesn't get like a year's salary. He starts taking fines, and he—I'm not sure about the finance, financial side of things, but it definitely has fantasy implications in terms of um, this could be looking like a contract year for Zeke, where you know Zeke basically says he's like threatens a holdout this year, but then next year is the real one, right? Yeah. So this year could be a, a contract year for Zeke. I've thought about drafting him number one, but it's starting to get really sketchy. So. I don't know. I just it, it's it smells like Melvin Gordon next year to me with Zeke. I I like this contract year. I hadn't really considered it like that with the extra year on the contract, but that's a yeah, that's a good point. He pops off this year, and then next year he holds out and says, "Look what I did last year." That so basically it's like an earlier contract year. So I mean, it can get it can get dicey the way that these running backs have to really get their value. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I'm very. I, I personally, if it was up to me, I'd go Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke. Uh, like, pr- like if you remove Zeke's, I, I, yeah. But uh, that solidified, like, yeah. I think that that's a. It will be interesting to see if that hampers his. And we still have a month until it goes, so we'll see. We'll have a better understanding of the picture by then as well. Yeah, and really, I, I heard 8-6 is when you'll really find out what his position is because if he reports by 8-6, then he accrues all of his salary and he can be the free agent that he wants to be here in whatever interviews. I, I don't really know. But okay. either way, the other the other hot running back, um, by, I would say, week 11 of last year, if you were to say, Ian, who are you drafting number one next year? I would have said Todd Gott. Yeah. Like, I- without a question, he's my number one pick. I don't know, man. I mean, that is that's another situation that is just an absolute, without a doubt, no go zone for me. Uh, I just Todd Gurley. I mean, they were so cryptic about that injury, and then you add the fact they they traded up to draft a running back in the third round, and when there where there's smoke, there's fire. And I am stunned that Todd God's ADP is as high as it is. To be quite honest with you, what like I just. I, his fantasy numbers were unheard of. Uh, he was had, right? a total like, tank. Like, seriously, like, if I had Todd God, I would have won a game. Really. Like, if he wins you a game by himself. Oh. You don't even have to start a wide receiver. Without a and doubt. He, uh, it's, and then, next thing you know, I mean, these running backs, they really, that's, and, and that's where things have started to really change in terms of, I think this impacts the waiver wire, just the way that these running backs, you have an RB1, I mean, even four years ago, pretty much, I feel like if you're an RB1, going into week 10, you probably finished an RB1. 
it just doesn't really happen that way anymore. No, I mean, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, I just think about like who Bill and I were starting. I mean, I had Damian Williams in, he had CJ Anderson, like, I mean, it just, it becomes such a war of attrition at the running back position uh, that, yeah, I mean, but then at this, on the flip side of that, when you have a McCaffrey or a Saquon, a guy that's just 20, 25 points week in, week out, like that is so powerful too, you know, which is why people are so like willing to, because it can't, like you said, it wins you games having that because no one else does, you know. It's just tough because you never know when the injury bugs go right, and especially for these running backs, it's something with knee or Achilles, it just, it can never come back. You just don't really know. So Todd God is one of those where put him in the Melvin Gordon bucket. Yep. Honestly, it's, it's one of those where on the Rams could just be doing all this and also at the same time just be, come out, just big old fuck you and Todd God's, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, McVay could have just a little bit of a different role, but. Todd God can still pop off next year. He, he really could. I know the smoke and fire, and I'm probably staying away too, but it would not surprise me if he is a top five running back in the first five or six weeks until he gets hurt again. Yeah, well, that's it'll be interesting to see too. I mean, I mean, who would you rather take, Todd God or Melvin Gordon? Right, and that's that's an excellent point. Like, Todd God is definitely a diminishing, even if he comes out good, he's definitely a diminishing return, whereas, like, Melvin is only getting stronger. So if you can weather the storm for four, and, you know, especially if the Chargers start out. He's that deferred asset, basically. Exactly. He comes back late. But if, if they start two and four, and it's like, fuck it, we'll pay him, because we, they do have a window here. Like, they were, you know, they, they were a decent, they beat the Ravens, you know, like, they got the, did they lose to the, no, they lost to the Patriots. I mean, yeah, they got bit by the Patriots, but I don't like. I, I I doubt they're willing to forego the playoffs here with that team. You know, like you said, they got a talented squad. Um, so you know, yeah, I I think that is an excellent point about Melvin Gordon that could keep his ADP in the first round. You know, I mean that offense. Tyrell Williams got traded, but he was kind of fading out anyways. I mean, Mike Williams, he is going to be something these next I drafted him last year and I think I drafted him one year too early um, yeah in terms of just this year and next year he's gonna be he's like he's, him and Kenny Galladay just those red zone targets they're huge they can still stress the field I mean th- those two guys are these young guns coming up that you know they're not the Deshaun Jacksons out there there's this there's the Calvin Johnsons that are just they're big they can catch the ball good hands good route running so It'll be interesting to see what the Chargers do this year. I think they're they're one of my teams to watch, um, given their year last year. And then, and really, I mean, I think I think with the with the guests that you are, I think that we can talk about the Bears a little bit. I mean, we got to do some homework talk here. What do you think? I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Bears. I think that I mean, this is pretty much the like the we we really got to make a move here. We get into some salary cap issues. Um, 
in the upcoming years here. So I feel like this is our one last good chance to capitalize on Trubitsky's contract. And also just, you know, it's third year for Trubitsky. Uh, it's kind of a make or break, you know, it's kind of like the courtship's more or less over. And now it's like, okay, we're moved in. Is this real or not? You know? And I don't know. Like, I think that I like Montgomery. Um, I, you know, I'm hoping that another year between Montgomery and Cohen and, and, uh, and I still like, I still think Anthony Bennett could give us some, and, and so Interesting. I, I'm, I, I think, you know, I, I also think the NFC North is not great this year. I, I don't think the Packers are going to be very good and the Lions are the Lions. So I really think it's going to be, I would be very disappointed if the Bears don't make the playoffs and, uh, and I really think they should win the NFC North, but uh, I could see the the Vi- the Vikings are kind of a dark horse of mine, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Bears the Bears could be really good this year, depending on. I mean, Allen Robinson is someone who has all the talent in the world. Yep. And and Taylor Gabriel is up and coming, but but Allen Robinson is one of those guys that has to have a year, but that goes all back to Trubisky and. I mean, he was a good fantasy option last year, but in terms of winning games, right. he definitely still lacks that kind of, that next step. I don't even know how to describe it. But I completely agree, though. When you see it. Yep, I completely agree. And, like, it's, you know, I think he showed some, some he played, like, dog shit in the first half of that where your beautiful Eagles got us. Uh, he played, like, dog shit in that first half, but he made some big-time throws in the second. And it's like, you know, I... I uh, I, that that's encouraging to me at least that he doesn't like get gun shy um so but yeah like you said like it's he still is not there yet and you know if he ever gets there is is you know where i'm at you know and, and looking at the bears the, i don't play madden anymore so i don't have you know how we do those fancy drafts i, I would know every single oh i know dude and, and here's the up and coming i mean but now I don't really know defenses as much, just kind of how they are overall. But when I look at the Bears' defense, I know almost every position player on their team. Yeah. I mean, their defense is scary. I completely agree. Like, they've really... It's nice that they've, you know, like, they're... I mean, yeah, like you said, like, Akeem Hicks is an unbelievable defensive end. Uh, I mean, Danny Trevathan is also... And Leonard Floyd, like, two great... Like, our linebacking core in general is just strong with... Chris Dicks. Yeah, and then... Eddie Jackson's a solid safety. Like, we really – and I've always – I mean, Fuller's been great since he came on as a rookie. So, uh, like, yeah, like you said, I mean, the the defense is really, really solid, but it's just like we are on, like, the, the windows here. You know, we, we – after this, like, that's why, you know, the most – a rookie – an NFL rookie QB contract is, like, the most valuable thing if you can get production. And if you don't, like, take advantage, you're kind of uh, shit out of luck, you know. Yeah, I look forward to uh, some Snapchats from Ian Kyle just saying, go Bears. Yeah, I uh, I am too. Those are always a pleasure to receive. Yeah, and like it's interesting, you, you Ian, as well, because now Nick Foles is gone. Big Dick Nick is officially, now it's the Carson Wentz show. And what's your read on that? They signed him to a huge contract. They I did. I forget how big it was, but it was massive. I am not a fan of this contract. Oh. Um, I just uh, 128 now. Yeah. Four years. I mean, the, my 
two straight years, yeah. and then you dish this kind of money out. Um, last year, he was not good at spreading the field. I mean, for someone like Zach Ertz, like a fantasy owner, great, but when you watch the games... They were there was no big plays. Deshaun Jackson will help a lot. He's a veteran, stretch the field type player. Uh, but either way, he just he started to check down so he, much. Yeah, he tried to make too many plays with his feet. And every game that I watched started to get really frustrating because he has that arm talent, but he just I don't know something wasn't clicking on the offense. And granted, our receiving core. Is not very talented without Sean Jeffrey being hurt and um, Aguilar kind of be having brick hands. So they did help a little bit by bringing DJ back, but I don't know. I, I think the Eagles are still in a great position to, to win the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys could have they're, they're our biggest competition, and then they could have still a tough year. The Giants won't be there. I think they're going to be better than people think, but they're not going to be there. Redskins have a decent defense, but they're going to be a dumpster fire this year. Oh, the Redskins um, are going to be bad. Yeah, they're going to be really bad. And so I think the Giants are going to be like outperform the Redskins this year. And then um, it really comes out the Cowboys and the Eagles, yep. not like it's been recently, but this Eagles defense is still scary. Actually, Malcolm Jenkins is quietly really looking for a new deal. That's kind of on some of the Eagles accounts that I follow. He's a dark horse to hold out this year, but he, he's basically saying that he doesn't want to make it a big deal. He's all for the team and stuff like that. But um, Malcolm Jenkins is a huge part of our defense, and, and if we lose him for a few games this year, that could be kind of very impactful. So I'm, the Eagles are a team that, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, they're Super Bowl contenders to me. And obviously I'm a fan, but <laughs> um, I, I, I mean... The Bears and the Eagles are very... Their defense is scary fucking good. I agree. Um, and and it, it's just one of those where our line... Jason Peters is old, but he still was good. He's kind of out of the picture now. Um, and Lane Johnson is... If he can stay healthy. So there's a lot of pieces that have to work. But that's every NFL team. So, But talent for talent-wise, they just signed Aaron Sproles to another year. So Love there's a that. lot to look forward to on the Eagles. Um, I think they honestly hired him for a locker room guy. Just one of those guys that basically will do anything you ask him to do. I don't think he's going to do more than catch a few passes on third down, but special teams and kind of maybe show a few young guns how it's done around the locker room. So the Eagles have a lot to a lot to look forward to, especially because our division, I think, is one of the worst in football this year. Agreed. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, the Redskins and the Giants are true dumpster fires. They could potentially be two bottom seven teams. I completely, completely so. agree. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be a two-way horse race. So, uh, it will be interesting to monitor those two teams, because I do agree that they're they are they are kind like very kind of similar in talent. I mean, their playoff game was, you know, a doink doink away, and uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see like how they both perform this year. Yeah, I think the, the last topic for me to hit is I think one thing that you've done as a fantasy owner to kind of pump the tires is you definitely draft from good teams. Even if it's a third wide receiver versus second from a different team, you take the third on the Patriots, for example. Um, so last year, you picked up Damian Williams, which was a great pickup. Um, but the other player that you had on one of the league's best teams, especially fantasy-wise, was Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and kind of, where do, you, where do you think he's going this year? Kind of. I'm fascinated. I mean, he's super highly valued right now. He is. I I am kind of stunned. Another person whose ADP is like. 
it, I definitely, I feel like at this point, it's a bit of the, like, I mean, in drafts, I've seen him. He's going at the end of the second round, early third. Um, it cost a replacement, right? Yeah, I mean, I just, I am stunned. It, <laughs> Like, he's a phenomenal player, and it was so much fun to have him on his team, but I feel like our, I honestly feel like our league truly is too smart to draft him in the first two rounds, truly. Uh, and that's where the ADP is just so much bullshit. Like, it's just people who want to have Mahomes on their team. Yeah, exactly. And that's the absolute truth. And like, but that's what, that's where it becomes very interesting because then it becomes like a, well, if the ADP is like overinflated, where do people actually think that's worth, you know? And then the cascading effect of like, okay, once Mahomes goes, when's Deshaun Watson going? When's Aaron Rodgers going? You know, like, because that will, which owner is going to is gonna set that, like, okay, now you're drafting quarterbacks type thing where there's four out of the next nine picks, you know? Yeah, and, and this, this year I've been doing a lot of, um, I'm going to go a lot more on the analytics side. I've got some things in the works in the background, but. It comes down to cost of replacement, I think, for Mahomes. And I completely agree. Like, like, okay, yeah, he's 26 points a game, but what if you could draft a quarterback that gets you, you know, if you stream the right matchup, gets you 18 to 20? Is it really worth a third-round pick for that extra six points? Completely agreed. And here's the thing, too. Like, it that's like 26. That was his average last year, but, I mean, you have to think that some regression is in order as well. Like, I... I just, I really tend, I mean, like you said it before, and it's so true, when teams have a year of tape on you, it gets harder, you know, and I I just don't foresee Mahomes being as good as he was last year, uh, so when you consider those two factors, it does seem to be like, high, like second round is too high, but is fifth round too high? I don't know. And Damian Williams is no Kareem Hunt. Like, it's just a fact. Um, I completely agree. Kareem Hunt get suspended you remember what week was it week 11 in their bye week it was going it, so dan traded for him and then yeah it was going into the bye week because dan, it's like fez ditched him before his bye weeks he was fighting for a playoff spot ditched him because dan his points dropped from after that bye week to before and i, I mean i do contribute some of that too having a great running back to drop down to. I mean, he scored 33, but that's after a bye week. And after that, it was 2018, 28-17, which is not the numbers he was hitting before. So, you know, I mean, Hunt leaving this team is going to have an impact. The second year kind of just re- slight regression. Even if you're the great, a, a great quarterback, you're still not the MVP. You know what I mean? Keep right. Him, but you're still regressing. I mean, you're going to see different looks now. So it'll be interesting, especially to go 3-1 there. Like, oh, my. Yeah, and my thing too, though, it's like there's also just something visceral. Like Mahomes is just such – I've never seen a quarterback like him before. So there is – I'm curious just how much of it of owners like, fuck it, I want Pat Mahomes on my team because I know he's going to – every three weeks he's going to make some absolutely fucking gnarly throw. And I just like that, that like I have – I when that good thing happens, not only is it sick, but it helps my fantasy team, you know. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, it's definitely a flash factor, but for sure. I mean, regardless, he'll do well for your team. He's going to do well this year. Absolutely. Andy Reid always scores high for his quarterbacks and running backs, going back all the way to Donnie McNabb. So, um, 
So you, I mean, you know that's going to be there. He, he always he always helps out the fantasy owners. So yeah, we'll see where someone someone decides to take him. Um, definitely no uh, Cam Newton in the first round. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless. But, but we'll see where it goes. So I think this is a good time to kind of transition to this uh, this game. I, I kind of want to introduce here. Great. Uh, not as much of a game. It's just kind of the inner gambler in me. So uh, I don't know. And I've, we've had a gambling podcast, but there's two really big type of bets, right? We've got the the game bet, the spread. Sure. And then we got the over-under. Yes. So I want to play a little over-under with you here. Absolutely. Kind of a little over-under on different things around around the NFL this year. So we'll start with, with an easy one. Um, nine and a half for the number of Bears wins this year. Ooh, yeah, I'm going over. Definitely going over. Any, any thoughts? Uh, I just it doesn't feel like a nine and seven team to me. Um, the, I think the defense is too strong. I think another year under Nagy, I, I don't see a lot of regression for them. To be honest with you, um, I think their uh, I think their conference is weaker. I think that uh, I just I mean. I think their conference is weaker. I think they're—I mean—they were twelve and four last year, so it's hard for me to think that they are three games worse than last year with a weaker division. You know, uh, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm actually kind of—I—I I would have figured like ten, ten and a half, actually, to be honest with you. I'm kind of—that seems like surprisingly low. No, this was me just going from off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. So okay. all of this stuff is just me kind of making it up as I go. Okay, um, I feel you. Sometimes I might set them a little bit different than Vegas says, just to see what you think, to kind of test, you know, some of your biases. Okay, fair um, enough. But that was kind of a softball, but here's one um, that, you know, some of these teams that are more highly supported, um, Steelers, eight and a half, what do you think? <sighs> okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. My Steelers radar is terrible. I feel like Bill in Bennett's love for them has like gnarled my thought process and I cannot objectively look at them. And cause I feel like I've called the demise of Ben Roethlisberger since like 2017 and I've never been right. Um, you said eight and a half. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck me. I, ugh. it's, it's True, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But at the same time, I think that the Ravens and Browns are strong. And uh, I think losing AB. I Do think. It. Oh, God, on the under. <laughs> Fuck the Steelers. Uh, Let's go. I, I, I do think losing AB is going to hurt. I know, like, everyone's on Juju, but I still. I, I do feel like AB is kind of like, from a talent perspective, one in a. You know, just he is incredibly talented, so I I think that'll hurt more. And you know, I, yeah. So I'm I'm taking the under on it for no other reason other than eventually I'm going to be right. <laughs> so the next team that I want to go to this will be our last team. Um, by the name of Zach Taylor, I believe he was a quarterback coach for the Rams. Okay. Um. Oh, I know where you're going. And then. Switched over to the Bengals. So, over, under, three and a half wins for the Bengals this year. I think... They have a really tough division. They have the toughest division of football yet again. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it, the AFC North is just such a dogfight. But I also think, it's also what it's nice is I feel like it's better to be in the AFC North when you're worth worse because I feel like every game is a rivalry, so every game is still a dogfight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that helps if you're a worse team in the division. Like, I could see them splitting at least out of those three opponents, I could see them splitting with two of them, you know, just for weird, wacky Bengals stuff. Even if they only split with one, you need three non-conference wins. I feel like Andy's going to be fighting as he's just a classy guy. So, you know, even if they are two and 11 going in, like he's still going to be giving it his all. Um, I'm going to take the over, but just barely. If it was three and a half, I'm thinking, I just think there's, uh, that was me just arbitrarily again making up a number, but I really had them around four or five in my head. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I also think that Mixon is legitimately very talented. Uh, so I could see him, maybe he sneaks in a game. So I'm and there's a lot of dog shit teams too. So I mean the the I mean the Bills are still bad. The Jaguars, you know, so I there's some cheap games they could get in there, you know. Next one and the last one in the NFL. Point five for how many preseason games you'll watch this year. Oh, nice, Ian. This is a great one. Uh, like, are you saying cumulatively? Like, if there's four games, if I watched a quarter in each game, would that be one game? Uh, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't really watch any preseason to be honest this is like a big i know bill's gonna be like you're a fucking idiot i usually just kind of like <laughs> read the summary of like how that shit's going on i don't, i can't bring myself to watch preseason football uh i'll like pick up on trends i understand that it's important from the perspective of like who's winning battles how does offense look and um primarily just like roster and depth chart analysis but uh, I can't actually bring myself to watch it. So um, I'm still taking the under. I mean, I might watch collectively a quarter, maybe two, but no more than two. All right, well, that, that wraps up the over-under on the NFL, but I think that this is kind of a good point to transition some over-unders over towards more of kind of the league. Yes, absolutely. This is what um, I wanted. I want to I, I wanna start off with 25. Ooh. The number of running backs that finish ahead of Derrick Henry in fantasy <laughs> in 2019. Oh, that's a good one. Um, hmm. ADP is like third or fourth round, like late third, early fourth. Wow. Oh, man. 25, huh? You know, that's a great one, Ian. This is really a clever question. I... Fuck, man, that's hard. I, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the under. I don't, I think Derrick Henry's gonna have less than 25 people in front of him. Uh, there was this term that I was talking about with my friend, um, and, and I forget what it was, but basically the premise of it is that they're like reverse sleepers. They're like when you think a player's gonna break out that year and they don't. So their value drops, yep. and then that's when they actually break out. Um, I don't know what that actual term is, but I could see Derek Henry, but I can't, can't mess her up. <laughs> it would be I a think truly... I will be better than that, too, but I, I had to throw a Derek Henry, Henry jab in there. That was an um, amazing time. Yeah, but I do agree with you, though. one, four and a half, over under on how many Patriots 
Patriots players you'll draft this year. Oh, man, another great one, Ian. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to take the under just ah, – I'll probably four and a half is a touch too high. I I could probably see myself in the two to three range, but for me it's just like they're kind of like what I go to when I'm nervous. They're like a pacifier. So if <laughs> whenever I get nervous, it's just like find the nearest Patriots player, the the guy with an ne, and just grab him. It all costs. Uh, but I probably won't. Uh, I probably won't take more than I'd say four is probably the absolute max, mainly because when I went really big on the Patriots that one year, that was the worst year. Or maybe it wasn't the worst year, but I still didn't do very well that year when I went big on Patriots, and so I probably will never like institute that thing again. But I, I fucking, I, there's no way I don't have a Patriot on my team. It's just like that, that was classic. I, you had the more roster, so <laughs> I love them. I love those Patriots. All right, sixty-one and a half. Ooh. The number of players acquired during free agency by a single team last Ooh. fantasy season. Wait, you're saying, oh, you're saying like this is a stat that you have and you're asking if it was so over. So this is over under. Right, so you know like there wasn't, yeah. like you're saying there was, okay. Wow, 61, Jesus. I mean, that's like damn near... That's over four a week. Or that is four a week. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to say under. Someone took 61? Under is incorrect. Wow. Are you shitting Mr. me? Alex Gertz. He took 61? took 63 players during free agency last year. Are you shitting me? Yeah, that's how, that's how it goes, but I, just, I saw that, and it blew my mind. He's, he's way far ahead of everyone else, so something must be going on over there where he's basically <laughs> picking up four to five players a week. I don't even feel like any of them were good. I mean, he did all right last year. He was third. No, 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 but yeah. I feel like, did he have good... I mean, he must have, you're probably, right. Probably not. I mean, I mean yeah, who knows? Streaming quarterbacks and defenses, but... That's something that's just kind of unfathomable to me. And then the next section is the last one of over-under. You get into kind of uh, Scottsdale. We're coming up on Scottsdale here. We are. We certainly are. And I kind of want to get some things going for Scottsdale. I think that this is going to be a fun trip. This will be the first year, correct me if I'm wrong, that everyone will be there. Everyone's going to be there. All 12. Plus Colin Bowers. So this is going to be some shenanigans. Um... So I'm kind of scared for, for multiple people that are going to be there. So the first over-under is 79.5. Oh, boy. The number of beers consumed by Ian Kyle on draft weekend. Great. I mean, this is this is a beautiful question, Ian. Um, 79 and a half. So let's think here. We're getting in Thursday. I mean, I think you have to conservatively put Ian at 12 a day. I mean, we'll start small and work our way up. So we have 12. This is like a consulting question. This is like case prep. Uh 12, 24, 36, 48 between Thursday to Sunday. Uh, you said 79 and a half? Yeah, I put them at 20 beers a day. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's probably more realistic. Fuck it. I'm taking the over on that. Because he, he, could, he could crush a couple. Dude, I could 
could see him going 30, 35 beers on a Friday, like that first day. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like Friday, Saturday could be, yeah, 30, 30, those, yeah. Like Modelo's that he likes to drink in those little glass bottles that he just tips up and they're disappeared. Yeah, they just, yeah. I mean, and like, when you, Ian, you weren't there, but if you would have seen him put down 13 beers in two and a half hours, 15, it was the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. And, yeah, like, with a full day on top of it's going to be hot as shit, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he'll be drinking just for his fun. Like, he'll he'll probably clear tier 10 on his own in the game and then another 10 just for fun. And then he'll start, you know, then, he'll, then we'll go out. So, yeah, I'd say I'm going to take the over on 79 and a half. That's quite the solid mark, will you? Good luck to you, my friend. Uh, the next one is point five. Number of losses that Alex and Alec incurred during the weekend in Spikeball. Ooh, Ian, you are full of creative ideas. Uh, I'm going to say we'll, we'll, we'll lose a game. I'm going to take the over just because Dan and Spears are formidable opponents in Spikeball. I will I will give them that. Um, Gertz and I are better, but... Dan Spears has excellent hands, very soft hands, and he just like gets a lot of things back. And then, uh, actually, Dan and Spears both do. And then you combine Spears' his heavy hitting, and they're they're a formidable team. I don't think that we could ever. I don't think we could sweep them. Uh, so I I but I don't foresee us losing more than two all weekend. And this just came into my head, unfortunately, but another one I didn't even have down is gallons of sweat shed off Spears' body in four days. Oh, when it's 110 degrees. oh I'll lick I everyone off. Chest. Every beat of sweat, I'll lick right off his chest. Oh, God, that fucking chest. All right, and the next one, 79 and a half again. Number of cigarettes smoked between Chris and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm good for a couple ciggies too if it's if the mood strikes me. Uh Oh shit. I think I'm gonna take the under on that one. Uh just because I mean that's a lot of ciggies. I mean you're you're crushing almost 40 a piece over i mean you are just a chimney at that point uh but i i am looking forward to watching joe and chris they do have to be careful in the airbnb though because it's a nice ass airbnb so they got to keep their smoking outside uh a quick plug there. Yeah, but uh, I am curious to see. I I remember Chris and I tried to bum a cigarette at Co- Tommy's bachelor party, and people just looked at us like we were the scum of the earth. Uh, well, we had cigs. We needed a lighter, and people just looked at us like we were scum. I was like, you guys are assholes. But uh, I'm going to take the under on that, but I am curious to see if they can try and beat it. And then the last one I have is 14 and a half. Number of times Bennett talks about the annoyance of homeownership. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, I'm taking the over on that one. No, 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 no explanation needed. I'm just taking the over, especially if he gets you a little. Ever had the clean gutters? <laughs> <laughs> uh, amen, amen. Shout out to Bennett. That 
that was great. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I really that was a wonderful idea. I might I might even steal that for the next pod if people, if someone's interested in playing, because that is a great idea. So this is kind of what I equate my fantasy career to. It's kind of like, I look at myself as like an Andre Agassi in tennis. So I came out and I was a brash and bold and I was young and dumb. And now I'm just quietly confident in my abilities. Like I feel like I don't have anything to prove anymore. Not that I don't believe that I'm the best owner, but now I'm, I'm, I've done what I needed to do and now I'll just quietly take care of business. Uh, in a classy way because I have been there before. I do think to answer your question though, I, the trade in which I knew I had a contender was, and I don't mean this in any mean way, but when I was able to snag Michael Thomas, that was really the unlock for me. Uh, when I had the Michael Thomas, uh, Odell, Stefan, yep. Stefan Diggs, Mahomes, Kittle, and then some combination of Ingram, Mack, Damian Williams. There was just that was like getting you thirty points. And when did you draft him? Like the tenth or eleventh round? Yeah, it was the tenth round. It was Mahomes and Kittle back to back. Uh yeah, that was like that's when I really started feeling myself. But uh this year will be more quiet confidence. Now I will I I might teabag Bill when he hands me the trophy, but uh uh other than that. I will be more quiet during the year, uh, and I will just uh, take care of business and see and uh, see where my team stacks up. What I am most curious about, though, what I'm actually just as uh, gunning for as a title is uh, the triple crown for leading the league in points in the regular season. I did it. I've done it two, two years in a row now, so I really feel like. What do you mean the triple crown? Like just trip like the three peat for most points in the regular season. Uh, triple crown usually means that you lead in three different You're right. That, you're right. That was a misappropriation okay. of that word. Uh, yeah, I meant three-peat for regular season points scored. Uh, that's another one I'm so really... already the champ champ. That's like, that, those are equal in my mind. Uh, obviously, I'd rather have a title, but right behind it is leading the league in points. So, Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this league. Uh, I, I think... Ian, to be quite honest, I've I've loved the tenacity that you've shown this year. Uh, I know that you were you were really we you and I were looking to make a deal, and I I feel like you're you're really bringing your A game this year, and I I appreciate that. Yeah, I will not do what I did last year. I honestly, if I I'm, I'm turning it in if that happens, <laughs> that was the most like stressful time of my life. Like I have never been more upset, and then on top of it, to have like
you know, some of us are still chasing that first ring. So, a little softball here is, do you have any advice? For oh, Ian, you're really, you're really buttering me up. Um, I, I don't have any real, uh, advice, I don't think, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I honestly do feel, though, the one thing I am doing this year that I've said before, but I'm just really doubling down on is I'm not as going to be a slave to ADP as I was. Like, I'll definitely use it, but I'll never forget when ADP made me draft Jay Like, I remember thinking this is, this is where he's going and I'm going to draft him here because this is what people who watch football say he should go. I'm not doing that this year. So there's going to be some reaches on my end. Like, I just know based on how things are shaken down, I might try and make a deal, but I don't imagine I'll be able to make a lot of trades this year after my performance last year. So I'm trusting the gut. That's 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 my motto for this year. I don't know if that's useful for other people, but I will not be uh, a slave to ADP like I have been in the past. That's, that's where I'm going as well, actually. I, I'm right on that train. I think a lot of people are now... Once we've started now with these fantasy podcasts, they re- it, if you listen to a single one, I really don't think they're that helpful. But if you just listen to all of them and listen to kind of what they're like, the approach that they take, it's very interesting. And, and when you think about ADP, it's just the average draft position of all the dumbasses out there drafting. Like, imagine how many other people just become slave to that number, right? I completely, yeah. You almost just become set what ESPN wants you to draft people. So I just, I, I, I almost lean towards more of those draft tiers and things like that. So it'll be interesting this year. I think that there's going to be a lot of quote-unquote reaches. Uh, but who knows? I mean, then that does provide some value for, for players that you, like a Lamar Miller this year, I could see you slipping way past the ADP that someone could get a very reliable back. But I think is it high touchdowns, but can get you 10 to 12 points a game when you need to kind of fill a running back in. Um, or replace someone with an injury. So, well, it'll be interesting, but... I do think... Uh, I think it'll be interesting, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that... Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ian, in the sense that... And I, I, I hate giving Bill credit, and I still feel like he's a moron, but Bill... Bill has courage, and, like, he's... The, like, sometimes he reaches and takes Corey Davis, but then sometimes he gets Christian McCaffrey, you know, in, in, in the Columbus draft. So... You know, I think that there is, you have to be comfortable with kind of looking like a jackass in the moment at times, you know, uh, especially if you trust your gut. And I am curious to see, like, how much, re- you know, because, like, for example, a guy who doesn't reach and always ends up with decent teams is Tom. I feel like Tom just kind of, like, keeps his head down, drafts exactly Russell more. Wilson. Yep. <laughs> After Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, I think that that's always an interesting thing as well. Um, and then the, the other question I have for you this year in terms of fantasy is um, how many more 20-minute uh, trades are you going to do? 20-minute trades? Put a trade down, uh, later take it away. <laughs> I unfortunately got – that's probably my biggest regret is getting too drunk and revealing that uh, <laughs> who won. Uh, I, w- I won't do it anymore. It, it, it doesn't. I mean, now that everyone knows, it's it's totally lost its power. Uh, but I am I I've still got some other stuff that I'm gonna try this year. I'm always like trying to gain an edge, but I don't think it's gonna work anymore. So, uh, 
I am actually going to try and adopt the Dan Slusher strategy too and not trade, um, mainly because I just don't think uh, I'll be able to. But also, I do feel like Dan's on to something there about... And it's not even because he got screwed out of a trade. I do think that, like, you know, you can kind of get in this, like, tra- it's kind of like D cards in Catan where you just want to trade all the time and then you're just doing yourself more harm than good, you know? The trade I have is the only trade I've ever really done. And I'm okay with that trade because my team got a lot better. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so risky. And, and then it just it opens the door for what ifs. Right, exactly. I, just, I don't really like playing that game because then you just go, that's a long road to go down. It is. And it's just like, and it's also just really, like you said, it's just like, it's just a lot of anguish, I feel, like when you're on that of like, fuck, like I can do, it is fun, but then like when you don't get a trade or you get one and it doesn't go like how you wanted it to go, it's like, fuck, I did all that, now my team's worse. And uh, I, I think I'm going to play it a little bit uh, cooler. Now, that being said, if I start off 0-4, it's a fucking fire sale. But uh, we'll see like how. I'm going to try and remain a little bit more pat as we move forward this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see a trade week three from you. I think the, the last... Uh, no, I am, uh, really excited for Scottsdale. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a ride. I, I think that the fact that we have three full days, uh, the only thing, Ian, that I don't want to pick your brain about is do we, the only things we, details we really need to iron out before the draft weekend is do we want to draft Friday? When do we want to draft and when do we want to do the beer Olympics? That's a good question. I Dude, I would almost rather just fucking draft Friday. I kind of feel... going to be there. Yeah. And then we just party. Like, then you just party. You don't even have to worry about it. It's all over. You can just get drunk and talk shit and revel in your team. Like, uh, I, 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 that, that's my... I mean, I'm also the first person getting there this year. So, I'll be there at 11 a.m. on Thursday. Or on, yeah, Thursday. So... I'll be ready to go by Friday, but it, it just depends. I mean, I have to look at the spreadsheet, but if everyone's there Friday, I don't see why we just don't do it. Yeah, I kind of feel... Everyone's going to be hungover as all hell on Saturday if we do beer Olympics on Friday. We're probably going to end up going out or just everyone's going to die on Friday. And then Saturday, people are going to be like, shit, you're going to draft your team. You know, it just seems like more methodical to just draft the team and get it out of the way because... When we were in Indy for the draft, everyone got way too fucked up. Our draft just went to shit. Like, everyone is drafting horribly. Like, it just was a mess. Like, it just doesn't mix well when you're drafting, which is extremely, like, all over the place. I cannot believe I decided to get stoned before my draft in Indy. That was, like, that's still just the worst idea I've ever had. And... Yeah, I, 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 I'm more lean. You bring up a good point just, like, from a practical perspective. I was thinking more just, like, for fun of the league. It would be better for Friday just because it, it provides ample amount of time to shit on people's draft picks, which is, like, the entire fun of drafting, you know? Exactly, yeah. You, and, you're just, and you're doing it hammered the rest of the week, and it's all right. kind of good fun. And I also think, too, that there's, like you said, too, there's an element of, like, we don't have and like the, the rules committee like literally the last thing we did was the rules at like midnight Ian Kyle was almost belligerently drunk at that point 
and we're just like around a table yelling at each other and yeah. I just feel the formalities out of the way. Like just get them out and then let's actually like draft have some you know, what if we drafted it like noon on Friday so people kinda of wake up, get some morning gears in them, let's get some breakfast and then let's just fucking hit it. Yeah. So we can enjoy it. Everyone's still fresh feeling the hype. But if you just party yourself out, you're gonna be drafted just like, Oh my god. Or you're already gonna be hammered and you're still drunk the night before. So either way, it's just to me Saturday kinda of seems like the one, but we should definitely finalize that before we, before we Yeah. I think that that's something I'll probably post in the group. Uh, actually probably post this pod or once this pod gets released and and then the other other thing too, Ian, is what do you think about a live draft? timer you're gonna have to have a responsible individual on the timer agree um, people stick out to me i think i think someone like tom could really stay on top of one of those guys but uh, just in general I, I love the live draft actually my first time doing fantasy and like my neighborhood league was just a live draft and, and it can really go well and i think it just adds a little bit more to that clipboard style draft and, uh makes it feel more legit um the ADP not as heavily relied upon when you do that. So it's all up to the league. It'll definitely go quicker if we do it online, though. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... But also, too, like, are we in... We are losing a round, so I guess we're saving a little bit of time there. Uh, and are we in a rush? If we do it Friday at 11 or 12, who cares if it goes till 3 or 4? That's what we're there for. I completely agree. And there's also something to be said for... Uh, just, we... we I've said it before on the last pod, but I just want to keep reinforcing the number of times all 12 of us will be on location in a draft will be able to count on one hand in the history of this league. Uh, it's just going to get harder as we get older. So I do feel like we're really missing out on an opportunity. We Because we can always do online drafts. Like Those are always going to be available. Uh, but all 12 of us, I think there's just something special we want to take advantage of there. We've never been able to do it. Uh, and the more and more I've thought about it, the more and, and then if we would do that, it also lends to the idea of doing it on Friday, why we still have our wits about us, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I, you sold me. I put it in the group, but that's a great point. Like, even if it takes longer, we'll probably, odds are somebody's not going to be able to come and we'll never be able to do this again, so why not? Yeah. But we need to decide it early because you do have to prepare a little differently. Um, obviously you still want your picks, but the way that you print things out or you organize, like if it's a live draft, just get in the mindset, you know, somebody will bitch if you decide that the week before we go. True. That's an excellent point. So we'll, we'll, we'll start getting the wheels turning on that and seeing what people think. Um, yeah, and I actually had one to pick your brain on trading future picks. So I'm, I'm just going to get out there and say that somebody has offered me their first round pick from next year. Okay. Has, has, sorry, has offered me their first round pick this year for my first round pick next year straight up. In my head, I think that's fucked. Wow, okay. not be able to do that. I think because then you're just going to have a bunch of people who end up stacking first or second round picks. But I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I can also see the other side, so I probably should have told you my position before this, but... Where do you stand on trading with future picks? I typically stand with, I am, I try and limit, I think you're right, like people could expose that, but 
I, I, I more, you know, like, if people want to do it, I am not, and then, now this is me, like, I haven't thought about it enough yet, so I'm not sure I would vote the same way as the opinion I'm about to give now, but my initial gut read on it is I'm fine with it. Uh, I think if people want to, like, if they want to, like, fucking just hoard first and second rounders and get at it and, like, make a run like I think that's kind of cool like that's kind of what other teams do in real sports you know like they'll like the Sixers you know like they were like fuck it we're this you're gonna have a draft that like six rounds six of the first round picks are gonna go to two people and then your your league is gonna be so lopsided that's okay so I do think but I I guess what I'm thinking is I don't necessarily trust that people are just gonna forfeit draft first round draft picks now that's like my assumption i don't know if that's right in my mind i think one or two guys might but i just don't foresee a lot of people because think about it like then if you forfeit a first rounder it's kind of like holy sh- like it's gonna get it's gonna be hard for you to win you know and so uh yeah and you know i want to get that out in the lead i think that we need to talk through that because there's some scheming going on and if we can then I want to start considering it. Yeah, um, I, I think I it's... That that's one of those things where if I pulled that trigger before it happened, I'm not doing what I did to get our trade to go through last year again. Like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I do agree, though, Ian, 100% in the fact that there's enough gray area that it should be vetted by the whole league. Um, and I'm I'm a soft lean towards the route to towards yes, but... A compelling argument the other way and i could change her mind for sure so uh i am i i think that's also worth floating out in the league and to see can i uh who are you most scared to go against the smash <sighs> good question i have you played the new smash yet uh yes a truly unbelievable yeah, like the players are so much more heavy i cannot so quick this game, though, I think for people who haven't played it yet or extensively, like, this game is unbelievable, I think. Uh, they balanced it out for sure. Jigglypuff's so much better. <laughs> good. Glad, glad that Jigglypuff is good, Ian. But I just think just as, like, an arcade game, I love that they freeze, like, when you C-stick the shit out of someone, they freeze the frame a little bit so you can, like, really enjoy the visceral impact of crushing them. Uh yeah. And there's just so many fun characters, too. Like, they brought Snake back. Snake is a really fascinating character. Uh, there's just a lot of, like, really fun characters. Diddy Kong's still good. Zero Suit's not as good. But, yeah, I think as far as, like, who I'm most afraid of, I'm not really afraid of anyone. I feel like uh, in his time, Dan was the scariest, but I feel like we're all kind of back to neutral again because none of us play anymore. Uh so honestly, I'm just excited to just sit there and drink and play Smash. Like I, uh, it's just it's what it's my favorite part of draft weekend every weekend. And, yeah, I'm not great at the game. I'm pretty mediocre. Like I'll, I'll beat anyone who's a casual player, but when you get in that group, it's just like all all bets are off. So. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bloodbath. But yeah, it's always it'll be fun, and I'm glad that Tom will be there. It's always I'm like playing Smash without Tom just isn't the same. It's like it's fun, but it's like it's like eating food without salt is how I think about it. Uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much all I got. I'm really excited. For, I mean, what are we at now? We're at exactly what twenty seven days away. Something like that. 
Yeah, we're pretty close. We, I'm leaving the, the 29th. Yep. No, no. No, the 20... That's right, isn't it? Isn't it the 29th through the 1st? No, I'm leaving the 26th. I'm I don't, in the wrong month. I think you're in the, no, wrong, in the wrong month. Yeah, 29th, 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 29th, I'm leaving. So, yeah, pretty 28 days. Kind of amazing. Kind of amazing. Uh, I'm so excited, man. It, it, and yeah, you were at the last one, too. That's I forgot that you... Yeah. I haven't... So, I, this is my first real draft weekend. That's the other thing that people don't know, is that I was just fucking slaving away, sleep-deprived every year I draft. Uh, uh, last year wasn't as bad, but I still had to work Friday night, and I drove to a cabin and drank that night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is my first real draft weekend. I've always had an audit client that I was in busy season for the draft, so... That's why I kind of like it. I'm going to be the first one there and one of the last people to leave. So I'm really excited to kind of just enjoy the draft weekend and actually enjoy time off for the draft this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a special time for sure. And I am uh, equally excited to kind of be there. So, um, yeah, I know we're winding down, but the last one, the last thing I have here is uh, I just want to talk up our trip to the Smokies real quick. Uh, we never we never really talked about that on the pod, but I want to recruit some people who I think would enjoy it in this league uh, to go on a kind of our now biannual or like every, annual backpacking trip. Yeah, Ian, I am on it on you with this one. I uh, I every year. I mean, my brother still talks about the trip, and my brother doesn't get excited about much. So, uh, if he's talking something up, you know it's fun and. I mean, every time it's a ball, this one was great. Not as life-threatening as last time, which is good. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I am of the opinion, Ian, like, if we can get more people and hey, like, this time, you know, I, if, if I'm moving out to the West Coast, I would love to do a West Coast trip with you, too. And uh, Yeah, I just think that there's a lot, a lot of fun to be had, you know? Yeah, so keep that in mind, because... Everyone, when we go on these trips, they really are a good time. Get a get away a little bit, hike a little bit, chill in the backwoods where Alec is moving around that. Weed's legal, go out in the woods and have a good time. So, Amen. Yeah, I just want to put a quick plug in there. I'm sure we'll talk about it sometime when we're looking to recruit some more people. But everyone who's gone on these trips always has a good time. So I wanted to plug that real quick before we wind down. Good plug. Excellent plug. Anything else you got for me, little man? That's all I got, my man. It's always a pleasure talking. Thanks for and and also one last thing I want to say is that people should be expecting to hear more of your voice. Uh, the Scuttle will be. I don't know. Do you want to name your pod or do you want to keep it under the Scuttle Podcast Network? Oh no, I love the Scuttle. Scuttle's great. Okay, so then the Scuttle will have a new co-host uh, once a week. You you guys are savages with your content demands, and I just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to deprive you of those desires, but I just cannot satisfy them anymore. I'm like a beaten housewife. So I will let – so Ian, the plan right now is to kind of we'll, – we'll go on a bi-weekly. I'll take a week. He'll take a week. Uh, so I'm excited to see what your creative mind came up with. You did it. Uh, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll pick our we'll, – I'm guessing we'll just pick our guests independently. We might do a little coordination to make sure we don't bring on the same guests. But to expect to hear more of Ian's voice this year. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I agree. I mean, pushing out content a lot on times weekends, you just don't want to do shit. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to help out. Uh, I love talking, love getting on the pod. So, um, looking forward to interviewing some people in the future and kind of see where this shit goes. But I'm also a very, 
avid listener, it's always nice to kind of start start your day or your afternoon on some of the scuttles. So I think we can wind down from there. What do you think? Amen, brother. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, signing off here. Uh, Ian Hoff, one of the now co-hosts of the scuttle, I guess. But uh, Alec, thanks so much for coming. Um, I think we can just close it with that. But uh, you're 20, whatever it is, 2018 fantasy champion of the Scuttlebutts, Alec Ramali. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, you get about, you still have about, what, nine months of being called the champion until you get a pass it on. So enjoy it. Congratulations <laughs> on the great year. Uh, but you're going to see the biggest comeback in fantasy history next year, so enjoy it while we're <laughs> 13 to 13 or now. Here we come. So. Hey, buddy, and take it easy, man. All right, man. Peace. Talk to you later.